Hey guys, WFAN the Kid here, and today I have a very, very important episode. We are down to the championship round in the NFL. That means there's these two games and one more to go, which of course is the Super Bowl, and we have some good matchups ahead. Last week in the divisionals, I went 2-2. Two and two. <laughs> Not a great record, but okay, I suppose 500. And there were some interesting games, some games that went down to the fourth quarter, and there were some not-so-interesting games that turned out to be blowouts, double-digit wins. And I'm going to be walking you through those four games before we get into this week's two matchups. So first, we have the Chiefs beating the Jaguars. This is one of the two that I got correct, but the biggest takeaway that carries a lot of relevance over this week from that game is the Mahomes ankle injury. It was scary as it happened. He obviously wasn't feeling right immediately after it happened. Uh, he needed the trainers. And he was limping. He wasn't putting much weight on his the ankle at all. Shockingly, he, right after that, went right back on the field to avoid, the, I don't know, the uh, delay of game. And he, he did play for a little while after that. After he realized it was not feeling well, he did agree to, I guess, or whether they insisted he needed it further treatment so it could get taped up. And after it got taped up, he returned, and he played a stellar game, well, a stellar game for a man with a busted ankle. I'll say that, because I don't think many quarterbacks could do what he did after that injury to immediately come back and win your team the game. But he did, he did continue to play, but obviously not 100%. Whether it's because of that Mahomes injury that the Chiefs offense couldn't explode more, the Jaguars were undoubtedly in this game, and for a team with a young roster like them to go into Arrowhead and keep it as close as they did for the majority, I respect that. I very much do. And what killed them was the two late turnovers in the fourth quarter. The first one was a Jamal Agnew fumble down at the four-yard line, which particularly hurts because not only is the clock your enemy there, but you were so close to punching it in getting it back down to what would have been a field goal game if they could have put it in the end zone and got the touchdown. But instead, Chiefs get the ball back, eat up some more of the clock, force Jaguars to begin to use their timeouts, and then if there was any hope left after that, it basically ended when Trevor Lawrence threw an interception. I mean, I don't fault him for it over that much, but because... In that situation at the end of the game, you have to try and pass the ball downfield quickly. So you're going to force some. And it was a really athletic interception by blinking on the Chief that did it. Good play by him. And yeah, it was pretty much how I expected it to go, except for the Mahomes injury. Isaiah Pacheco also played well. He's a notable Chief. Did well. He had close to 100 rushing yards. But the most notable Chief of all is Travis Kelsey. Take a bow. You deserve it. 14 receptions he had in that game. That That's mind-blowing. I'm pretty sure that was a record of some sort. 98 receiving yards, two receiving touchdowns. Some of these receptions were unbelievable that he did. Some of them were with Jaguars right breathing down his neck, still makes the catch. Some of them were on third-down situations, which extended Chiefs drives. He is such a vital player. A player that any team would be lucky to have, and I think he's made almost an undoubtable case that he is 
the league's best tight end. Without him, I don't know if the Chiefs would have put up the 27 points that they did. And, alright, now we get into the next game. Saturday night, Eagles beating the Giants. I know I will get some slander for this, but I picked the Giants to win this game, so I did not get this one right. And more so than the Eagles dominating the Giants, I think the Giants kind of lost this game. They themselves cost them this game because they played so uncharacteristically. That's a word, right? Uncharacteristically, yes, in this football game. The offense was a joke compared to what we saw last week in Minnesota. The defense could not stop the run. They let Philly rush for 200-whatever yards. And Jalen Hurts, who's supposed to be hurt, sure as hell does not look like it. When you let him lead the Eagles to 38 points, Giants, defense, doesn't look like a quarterback that's coming back from an injury. But I want to go back to a play. In the first quarter, when the Giants have it 4th and 8, about the 40-yard line, maybe a little bit further back of Philadelphia. They choose not to go for a long field goal, which wouldn't be the most outlandish thing to do there, I guess. But honestly, if I was a Giants, I would have punted, pinned Philadelphia deep back into their territory, and have some faith in your defense, because at this point it was a 7 nothing game. But instead, they go for it on 4th and 8 midway through the first quarter. And that is absurd! And it wasn't even a good play call. It wasn't close to being a completed pass, nothing like that. I was scratching my head. I was just staring at the screen dumbfounded. When the Giants were lining up to go for that on fourth down, I was thinking this has to be a delay of game situation where they're going to take the five yards back up and punt it. I cannot believe that the Giants allowed themselves to do that there. That is poor coaching. That is poor, poor coaching. Because you cannot justify going for it with that score at that point in the game. (sighs) And it was frustrating because I put my faith in the Giants, took the underdogs, the pretty big underdogs, and they let me down. And they let New York down. So that was the story of that game. I mean, I stayed up for it, was hoping for a miracle. For those of you that Went to bed early. Congratulations. You made the right choice. Didn't miss anything. Alright, now we're going to move into the two Sunday games from last week. The first one was the Bengals beating the Buffalo Bills. I thought this one at least would be a close game. But I did pick the Buffalo Bills, so I was incorrect on this one. This was a snowy game. A lot of snow from the coin flip on. And it was fun. I don't really remember seeing too many playoff games in the snow. And you would think that that might give the Bills an advantage, because they're used to the snow. They've had crazy snowstorms this winter. I mean, who knows what would have what, what it would have been like if they had let them play in that three-foot snowstorm, but instead the game got moved to Detroit. But they're used to the snow. This is their home turf with their fans. We remember that crazy Saturday night game against Miami, where fans were throwing snowballs at the players. But honestly, I just have to say that the Bills sucked in this game. They really did. The defense, I mean, I I don't want to say anything too terribly about them. There were some costly penalties towards the end of the game. 
that kind of didn't give the offense much of a chance to do anything. But other than that, I mean, holding the bang not holding the Bengals, but allowing 27 points to the Bengals is Joe Burrow. They have a good offense. That that's expected. The Bills' offense is what was shockingly disappointing, only putting up 10 points. I mean, give credit to the Bengals' defense because they made life difficult from the get-go for Buffalo. And Josh Allen, who's usually so effective, especially with running the football, he was held to 28 rushing yards, and that's not easy to do. I've seen him kill my Jets two times running the ball, so that's not easy to do at all. Stefan Diggs, their most explosive receiver, he was held to less than 40 receiving yards. It didn't seem like Josh Allen could ever get it going. He did have a late interception, was trying to give the Bills a spark with kind of a desperation throw to the end zone, and it didn't pan out. And Buffalo fans, they're loyal, they're crazy, they're getting a new stadium soon, but it's just upsetting for them to get quite close each year and then fall short. Another loss in the divisional round. And yeah, I mean, they're going to have some decisions to make in the offseason. Then the last game of the divisional round was the 49ers beating the Cowboys. I did this get I did get this one correct. Brock Purdy was all right in this game. He didn't do anything eye-opening, but then again, he didn't do the most important thing, which is he did not turn the ball over. The other QB on the other hand, Dak Prescott, turned it over twice. He had two interceptions. And that's kind of been the story for him in the second half of the season since he's come back from that injury. I don't know the exact number, but it's quite a few games in a row where he has thrown one or two interceptions. And that's an issue. That really is. In a low-scoring game like this, that is the difference. Turnovers. And against the Niners' defense, they're tough enough to do something against. You don't want to be giving them free possessions, turning it back over to their offense. Although I do commend the Cowboys' defense coming off some questionable outings towards the end of the regular season. They really picked it up against Tampa Bay. They really picked it up against the Niners. So that was a bright spot. They only let the Niners score 19. But Cowboys fans, this has got to feel like deja vu. Again, you lose by one score to the Niners in the playoffs. And again, it comes down to the last play where you have a little bit of a chance. Last year, it was running into the official, not spiking the ball this year. It was some ridiculous play that afforded you no chance. Could have been a chance at a Hail Mary if Dalton Schultz, I believe it was, he didn't keep his foot in bounds. And I don't know. Is it time for the Cowboys to give up on Dak Prescott? It's been six or seven years, and they haven't made a conference championship yet. So that'll be interesting. The one thing from the 49ers, of course, I'll mention it before. I'll mention it now. I'll mention it tomorrow. The 49ers defense is the best of the best. They proved it again. And that is the perfect pivot into the NFC Championship game, which is the Niners at the Eagles. And if you couldn't hear by me just complimenting their defense, I'm taking the statistical upset here and picking the 49ers. This team, from when the playoffs were decided, 
were my team to win it all. And I still have confidence in them. I'm not giving up on them. The Eagles looked good. But the Niners, and especially the Niners defense, is looking great. As I just said, they gave up 12 points to the Cowboys. They on they really gave up 17 points to the Seahawks. Allowed a late touchdown, but um, that's really 17 in terms of when it was competitive. And of course, the 49ers offense, while Brock Purdy didn't go crazy last week, there were still some things to look at. George Kittle, he went crazy. He had 95 receiving yards last week. And a catch to remember, where he bobbled it, it was off of his helmet, then off of the fingertips, and then he smartly anticipates the hit coming from the defender, dodges it, and still manages to catch it and go down for a huge gain. So he has the ability to make impressive catches, and that's the kind of reliable target you need when you're a young quarterback like Brock Purdy. Their, running, their, their rushing game also doing quite well. Eli Mitchell, he is a um, second-year running back, doing pretty well. He led the running backs in rushing for the 49ers. He outrushed uh, McCaffrey, which is interesting, but McCaffrey did have a rushing touchdown. We know he's very dangerous because... When he's on his game, he is on his game, and he is unstoppable. I will say, though, the rushing area is an area where the Eagles do outdo the Niners. They rushed for 268 yards last week against the Giants. But I have a newsflash for you. Not going to happen this week. No, sir. Not against the Niners' defense. And it's interesting... Who led the Eagles in rushing last week? It's the last guy that you would think when you have Jalen Hurts and Miles Sanders. But Kenneth Gainwell, he led all rushers in that Giants-Eagles game with 112 yards, a touchdown. He's averaging 9.3 yards per carry. <laughs> that's essentially saying when he runs the ball, he's going to go and get a first down. Because that's near 10 yards. So that's, that's that was really interesting. Another main draw that I have from this game is... It's two young quarterbacks, both playing in their first championship game. Both of them, it's going to be the biggest game they ever play up to this point. And it'll be a lot of fun. Two inexperienced quarterbacks that uh, don't let their inexperience fool you. They are very much playing well, good football right now. Like I mentioned before, Jalen Hurts. I thought you were injured, buddy. But I guess not. He put up quite the performance against the Giants. Brock Purdy's undefeated in his NFL career, so we'll see if he keeps that going in this matchup. Should be a fun one. 3 o'clock Eastern on Sunday. Then, after that, we have the game that I will be watching every second of. The Chiefs and the Bengals. Going to take that game all in on my couch with my family. It's a rematch of last year's AFC Championship, and I'm not picking the team that won it last year. I'm going to go for the Kansas City Chiefs. It is difficult to pick against the Bengals right now. Their defense just absolutely stopped Buffalo, one of the most dangerous offenses in this football league. They haven't lost a game, let's talk about that, since Halloween. So they're on a crazy run of being unbeaten. And these two teams did play head-to-head in the regular season. And the Bengals won. It was really just Joe Burrow outperforming Patrick Mahomes in that game. 
And of course, the Mahomes injury is what makes it difficult to pick the Chiefs, but I am sticking with the Chiefs. I'm sticking with my Super Bowl matchup from what it was after Week 18, the day after. It is the Chiefs and the Niners, rematch of 2019. Bring it on. The Kansas City Chiefs are a resilient football team. Everybody, including myself, thought that they would be a little bit worse last year after losing their best receiver and one of the best players on the team, probably the best after Mahomes, Tyreek Hill. But they've responded so amazingly. I mean, they did just as good as last year. If not better, they have they held the number one seed. You cannot ask for anything higher than that. And Travis Kelsey is the X factor why I'm going to give the Chiefs this narrow victory. Because even while injured, Mahomes proved to me that he can throw to Kelsey when he's being contested in man coverage. He can throw to Kelsey when he is in danger of being sacked. He could throw to Kelsey with one eye closed. Kelsey is just so reliable. The 14 receptions is mind-blowing, and I expect him to have a big game. Then also, uh, their running back, Pacheco, I think they'll be handing it off to him quite a few times in this game. With Mahomes injured, he's not going to be too mobile, so if he's getting sacked, if he's getting beat up, I think Pacheco is a safe guy to hand the ball off to. I mean, he played a really, really nice game against Jacksonville. Had one really, really amazing run against Jacksonville where he almost went the distance. And overall, it should just be a fascinating contest. I mean, the Chiefs have been waiting for this rematch for so long, for a year. They've probably been marking down the days till they get to their next AFC Championship. It's five in a row now, so... They're used to being to this stage. Joe Burrow was there last year, so he's used to it. He knows the environment, what it is at Arrowhead. And I think the Chiefs get their revenge. I think they are going to do it. All right. That just about wraps up this podcast. I mean, it's going to be a very fun weekend of football. Championship weekend. We'll be finding out who is going to the Super Bowl the biggest event of the year and just sit back relax and have a nice relaxing weekend or not relaxing maybe if you're one of these teams fans and just sink in the football just sink it in all right guys thank you so much for listening i appreciate it and as always i'm wfa and the kid have a great rest of your day or a good night